All right, I guess we're live. Okay, guys. Um, so again, uh, not many viewers right now, but just for those that are going to go back and watch this uh, after the fact when we load it up on our Facebook page, um, this is guest uh, guest speaker series number two. We've got our good friend of mine, um, Justin Ailes, the Canadian baseball guru, joining us today from, uh, I guess it's Grimsby, Ontario now. I wouldn't say Brampton anymore. I wouldn't yeah. even say Niagara. But uh, what's going on? How's it going? Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, yeah, just um, getting through another day here with uh, with what's going on. But I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to jump on with you guys and kind of uh, share my story. And um hear more about what you guys have going on in Newfoundland and um, I'm just excited about this so appreciate you uh taking the time to uh have me on here awesome thanks for joining us yeah definitely uh it's always good uh like I said I was most excited about uh this one coming up we had a great uh, great chat yesterday with uh Jeff and uh he really offered some insight into like uh again Queens and that kind of Canadian collegiate route which I was impressed with and uh just his knowledge of the game and being a coach at that level uh it's definitely something that we appreciate it. And obviously bringing you on today, we're going to get into the baseball talk. But first of all, I really wanted to focus on Canadian baseball guru and uh, just kind of tell us a bit about yourself. And sure. for those viewers who really don't know who you are and kind of what you've been doing on social media for Canadian amateur baseball, just enlighten us a little bit. Yeah, no, first of all, uh, it was it was awesome hearing uh, Jeff talk yesterday. I've, I've got to know him the last couple of years doing the blog and he's just uh, doing some great things with Queens baseball, growing that program up. They've been uh, pretty competitive the last three, four years. So it's, it was a good first guest. Um, I'm glad to kind of follow him. And yeah, for those who don't know me, I, uh, yeah, my name's Justin. I run a Canadian baseball guru. Bit of my background, uh, I grew up playing uh, in Brampton, Ontario, uh, like AAA baseball all the way through for the Brampton Royals. Uh, decided to go to Brock University. Um, didn't know too much about university baseball at the time. I thought I'd give it a give it a shot. I know that schooling is is good and stuff. And then um, yeah, so pitched there for five years. We won a couple championships. Noah was a teammate of mine for four of those years. We were roommates for a year or two. Yeah. Uh, and then so what happened was I graduated in 20, 2015 and I was like, man, this league's pretty good. It's some pretty talented players. And how could I uh, maybe expand the uh, the viewership and the um, give the guys a good experience? So I thought I'd create a little blog. And um, yeah, first year was just about um, added statistics, doing a little power rankings here and there. And then it kept growing from from then on. I've, I've went to every uh, playoff the last five years. A um, lot of followers now um, on Instagram and Twitter, and it's just about growing this league. And it's I, I try to bring a fun side of the the game too. It's not all it's not all serious, and and that's what I think it is. We're we're just uh, we're just having some fun, playing some ball, getting through the school year, and um, it's great to just highlight players that might not always be uh, highlighted. And um, I th I think I've really it's really grown, and and I think the the teams as well have really grown their social media presence as well. All of them have Twitter accounts, all of them have Instagram. They're always posting about their success stories. So I I'm glad I maybe helped start a trend there in uh, Canadian uh, like on university baseball. Yeah. So um, for me, uh, I think obviously it seems what you know your motivations were clear. You know you really wanted to give a shout out to the OUA baseball scene. Um, I heard a rumor that when you started this thing, uh, you started it anonymously. Uh, was you know kind of the first question I had. 
So first, you know, why did you decide to do it anonymously? And then, you know, where does the name Guru come from? You know, what, how did you come up with that name? Um, yeah, it, it probably lasted about six weeks anonymously. I am not good at keeping secrets. I'm really not. So <laughs> I was excited to uh, to share it with a few people. I actually started the, my first few tweets were at our um, OUA versus OCAA All-Star game. So it's the best college players versus the best university. And it was I was actually playing in that game played at the Rogers Center and that was in 2015 so I was like oh shoot I actually have this account might, might as well just start uh tweeting from it so that was the only game I ever played while I was uh running the account um but yeah about a couple weeks later guys started like asking who is this who is this and then I just like you know what like let's just throw this together might as well know who I am people know who I am and that's how it kind of started so um it started as uh, it's it, I've changed my name a couple times and I've changed my world this logo is from like four logos ago. Um, I'm always kind of thinking of the next best thing, but it was Ontario baseball blog for a while or OUA baseball blog for a while. And then I'm like, I gotta, I gotta stand out somehow. I'm like, what's the name that kind of represents me. And I'm, I'm someone that have always been like big into the statistics and baseball knowledge and quizzing guys and just knowing the history of the game. So I, I thought guru was the perfect kind of word meaning for me to uh, just show that I'm, I'm pretty knowledgeable and I'll always be knowledgeable about OEA baseball. And now uh, I just thought it kind of stuck. And now uh, in any game I pitch now, I, I hear a couple people yell guru and stuff. It's kind of, it's kind of cool, kind of, uh, kind of corny at the same time, but uh, I, I, ro I roll with it. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I gotta say like on, on the OEA baseball side of things, again, you really did, uh, <clears throat> Like th through that, you've actually increased the profile of the OUA. Um, in my opinion, obviously being an OUA, former OUA player and being around it when it was kind of in its infancy in that kind of weird period where it was, um, nobody really knew much about OUA or Canadian collegiate baseball. And then you rose the profile, not only for the OUA, uh, the CCBC out West, um, AUS, um, the CIBA, and just keeping us informed on what's going on in each of these. And uh, just goes to show, I mean, you reached out to all those programs, all the coaches, some of the players, and uh, like even this year with the statistics in the fall, I couldn't wait until I got the power rankings from the guru. And uh, it just goes to show that, hey, I mean, if you put if you put any something into it, uh, it can raise the profile. And I mean, now you look at it, even the players, if you look at kind of the way the players are trending and the competition level, I, I believe, in my opinion, OUA is on par with some of those American programs. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one thing I wanted to just note, it was really too bad about the CCBC. They were ready to, uh, I think their opening game today, the season had to be canceled, unfortunately, but they had some big things planned. We'll see what happens in the, uh, maybe in the fall, maybe they, they'll get a, a season going and you know, maybe they'll face some teams from uh, Ontario and Audi. So it's too bad about that, but um, they, I'm going to build a relationship with them too. Yeah, no, it's definitely been good. And uh, kind of kind of on the other side of that as well, uh, not only for collegiate baseball in Ontario and Canada, you've actually risen the profile of amateur baseball, talking about the junior side of things and the senior side of things. Again, people don't realize the level of competition um, in Ontario. Again, the IBL is kind of the premier league if you want to play the top tier, I, I would say. But again, us playing like again, we were teammates on the metros and within COBA alone. And if you look at the GTBL and then go into a limbs every year, uh, that competition was no slouch, right? I mean, no. teams like to come see the Windsor Stars, ourselves, Metros, Irondale, um, and rise, raising the profile of amateur baseball in Canada as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so that's actually, it's funny that you bring that up. That's the reason I start, another reason why I started this blog. There was a guy that used to run a senior uh, baseball account and he, and he kept stats and he had power rankings. That gave me that she reached out to him and asked him if, if he didn't mind, I kind of copy his idea. And he said, no problem. Um, a couple of years ago, he stopped doing it. He just kind of, he lives out West now, but that was uh, the reason why I really got into this as well. And yeah, talking about the uh, the senior and the junior leagues, they're, they're really good. Uh, Actually, the senior league I play, we play, and I still play in. Um, you got a lot, lot of players. It's not, and, and the word senior is, um, I wouldn't really say it's a senior league anymore. There's a lot of uh, 19 to 25 year olds either like in college or just graduated that that want to play the best uh, best uh, baseball available. So, yeah, I just taken over for the Niagara Metro senior team as the GM and pitching as well. So I'm excited about that. I know that like the youth is what's going to bring this league to the next level. So yeah, we're not, we're never going to compete with the, like the top IBL teams are allowing four or five uh, imports a year. But I mean, playing, having an opportunity at the end play for your province and then for the country is pretty good in junior levels. And um, I know we've been close and it's something you really look forward to. And yeah, the level of play has gotten a lot. I think it keeps getting better and it's, it's a really good league. Like a lot of, uh, X D one D two OUA players, so it's it's good to see it trending upward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you look at it, and I'll always go back and I'll say that the the highest level of competition that I played against probably in Coba. I mean, you look at the guys that were around. Um, I remember. I mean, you look at that Etobicoke roster. Um, you look at that Mississauga roster. Um, yeah. Like just teams like that, and then you look at obviously the Southwest. And look at like the Windsor Stars and their lineup, and Tecumseh and their strong lineup every single year, and uh, even uh, like um, like even in the GTBL, like a lot of a lot of really high quality ball players and really high quality baseball. I mean, at the end of the day, it's uh, it definitely deserves a little more shine, and uh, you've definitely put a little more focus on it during the summers. Um, I got to say, like, I think we were one of the first teams to actually do live tweeting of our games, even the midweek games. You were you were tweeting while you were sitting uh, sitting on the bench. If it wasn't your day to pitch doing the book and live tweeting. I mean, live tweeting has become a thing now in all sports, but especially in baseball, something that really wasn't seen, especially for senior baseball. And obviously at the at the start of that, was it kind of taken as more so a joke and then a transition into something people were taking serious like. I mean, yeah. I enjoyed it, but again, people look at it and they're like, oh, it's only senior baseball, but I mean, you got to take pride in it, right? So, Well, that's that's the thing, right? It's a, it's a niche community and so is the uh, OUA baseball, but uh, it's not as small as you think. Like parent, every fan, every um, every ex-player is, is starting to follow along, right? And they want a spot to uh, one, like a, a one-stop uh, shop for it. And that's what I think I created with the Guru account. And now with senior ball, yeah, I think one of the first teams to really get it going. But now you see COVID uh, baseball with Dancy doing it. He's he's doing a great job kind of connecting senior baseball throughout. And he's done a great job with Ontario, which I with other uh, leagues as well. So that's great to see other teams kind of uh, following following suit there. But I do think, um, yeah, I want to say I was one of the first ones to really get it going because I just know there is a – we are niche, but <laughs> the following is needed, right? And um uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad to see it keep growing like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, it's definitely helped a lot and keeping in touch. I mean, again, even myself, I follow along metros every year since I've left uh, the team. I follow along when you guys head to a limbs and I just want to see 
uh, that structure and the live updates from Alims, especially last year with all those uh, rainouts yeah. and that cra that crazy schedule that happened. But um, yeah, I mean, it just kept me in tune, and uh, I was definitely following along heavy on Twitter and looking for those updates. So definitely a great yeah. job there. And also, I got to give a shout out to Dan Esty as well. He's done a great job with that Coba account and that website. And uh, you guys collaborating to kind of uh, find that niche where all that information's in one place has been great. So I got to applaud you for that. So um, yeah, and, um, just to kind of follow up on that, those are like the OUA playoffs and the senior limbs are two weekends that I pretty much mark on my calendar every year as one of the most the biggest weekends of, of the year for me, especially OUA playoffs. Like I'm ready to roll like on like that week. I'm getting all my um, all my gear that I give out and all the um, the graphics ready. And it's, it's kind of like a little it's my time to shine. And so I, I take take pride in that. Um, and I'm, I'm glad people are appreciative. I always get like a good 200, 300 new followers every weekend and during the weekend. So it's pretty cool. Actually, this year, um, we're going to have to see if I can, uh, one of the days I have a wedding to go to. So it's it's going to be a little tough to, uh, but I have some trusted people that might uh, help me out for that one Saturday. But uh, Friday and Sunday, I should be uh, good to go. So uh, yeah. And then obviously, Alims, we talked about it all summer when we lived together or when we were, uh, living down we, we were just geared up that's the reason we play this uh senior baseball right yeah definitely and to put it in perspective for our our viewers from newfoundland that uh, anybody watching this so the alims we're talking about the provincial tournament for senior and junior baseball so in ontario the structure of it is a double elimination weekend where all the teams that qualify in what would be categorized as triple a they all play against each other and it's a random draw so again we may be facing say the Windsor Stars first game well yeah can we can we find a way that Ilderton doesn't play the Niagara Metros this year in the first round like that'd be nice um but the way it works is all your AAA teams go down and it's a double elimination bracket style weekend so again uh two two losses and you're out um but essentially it's it's the toughest road it's the toughest set of games that I've ever played in I think can't remember exactly what year it was but it was one of the last years that I played on the Metros I mean, we made it to the final three, and I think we were at game six or seven of them. Yeah. Sixth game we played with one bye, and we're facing the Tecumseh Thunder, who ended up winning it all that year. So you could tell how uh, how tough a road it is. Twenty, usually twenty to twenty-two teams, and they're all they're all very competitive. There's no there's no easy wins in senior ball. There used to be, but not not really anymore. So yeah, it's it's a fun. Is that what you guys have there too? Is that something similar in Newfoundland? Or oh no, you guys go the year before, right? And then you stock up on your uh, roster. Is that how it works? Uh, no. So the structure that we have right now is essentially um, the so our city teams. So we play what's essentially a house league, and then Mount Pearl, Cornerbrook, Gander um, play in what's called the Senior B. So essentially, the winner of that goes on to play the St. John's Caps. You win the right to play the St. John's Caps in a seven-game series over two weekends. The winner of that seven-game series is declared the provincial champion, and the winner of the provincial championship goes to the Nationals the following year. So, again, uh, because of population, obviously, um, it becomes a bit of an issue. Uh, but hopefully in the next couple of years, you're going to see that really boom. And, uh, again, it's always nice to get together. Uh, all the Mount Pearl guys, you're playing with your city team. Uh, again, during our senior league, uh, the way it works, uh, and I won't get too much into this because our viewers have heard this before and they know the structure, um, but essentially you're playing in a house league. So right now I play for a team called The Storm, 
And the storm has guys from all over the province potentially on it. There's guys from St. John's, Mount Pearl, Cornerbrook, uh, Gander, could be CB, uh, Conception Bay South. And then we play in that league. And then for one weekend, we would go out and represent Mount Pearl at the Senior B, hopefully win that and go on to play the St. John's Caps. So it's a bit of a different structure. Again, because we are so widespread between St. John, between the East Coast and West Coast, uh, that seems to be the structure that uh, we've gone with. But yeah, again, guys, uh, with the senior, the senior limbs, it's no joke. It's uh, definitely, anyway, you, as you would say, it's probably tougher to win the senior limbs than it is to actually win the senior nationals. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the teams would say that, that have represented there, like either if it's Tecumseh, Mississauga, or any of the other uh, Sarnia this year, it's it's a tough road. But yeah, no, it's, uh, we had fun. I think what we played six or seven years together for the Metros, we got close a couple times, so um it's just a grind but uh no it's 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 fun it's fun to um to do that in the summer and then when it gets to the fall I kind of go like hardcore for the uh, OUA OCAA and just to make sure uh I have some sort of baseball I'm working on all year round yeah definitely so, and yeah go ahead like, just a quick one about you know you talked about your stats and power rankings is something you you got into the last few years um, have you started doing any analysis on that work? Are you starting to see some trends, uh, you know, in terms of power numbers, pitching velocity? Like that's the stuff that, you know, I'm really interested in to see, you know, there's anecdotal evidence that you talked about that the OUA competition is getting better, but are, are you starting to see some of that on paper? I am. I am. And I, I've been taking some of the stats, but also, also teams are, are doing a lot of, um, advanced stats of their own, either, either in indoor training or during the game. And, I can tell you right away the uh, the mile per hours for the pitchers have went way up over the last ten years that I've seen. I think uh, when I first played, we maybe had three or four guys above eighty, uh, four or five guys above eighty, two or three above eighty-five, maybe one guy close to ninety, and that was uh, better than even a lot of other teams. Now you got every every uh, team has like a ten to thirteen uh, man bullpen. Every guy's thrown eighty plus. We have five four or five guys hitting 90 now on the, on the gun. And there's a lot of lefties that have nasty stuff and you just have to be, um, that's what I've seen the most is the competition is really good. And another thing when it comes to the, uh, the lineups it used to be like one to five, you got to watch out for them six to nine. You can kind of throw your fastball and just kind of, um, make your way through that, but now it's one to nine plus two or three bench players. It's it's a stacked lineup for like probably nine out of the twelve teams, and the other three are are, are growing. They're either newer to the league or coming back into the league, and it's uh, that's what I've seen on paper. And then whenever I watch any games, I'm like, wow, the, <laughs> if I played now, I'd I'd maybe I might be in a little bit of trouble to be honest with these hitters. So, um, what have you seen, Noah, over the last couple of years? Yeah, no, I got to say, I mean, I came into, I went into the OUA in 09, so I saw it, it was pretty much an infancy stage, and you talk about that, it was a lot of, uh, obviously the rules have changed, but now it's it's elite, now it is, again, guy, uh, programs are starting to advance, uh, shout out to University of Waterloo, um, obviously Brock, Western, Western are always a powerhouse, uh, Ballantyne over at Laurier, like a great program there, Wealth. I mean, you got to talk about Queens. Queens have come a long way since our first year playing against them. They're a they're a strong contender every year. Um, and uh, just the other teams that are joining. I mean, it's just adding legitimacy. You look at um, just added a new team this year for the OUA and yeah, Trent, uh, coming in. Uh, Ryerson has done really well the last couple of years. Like they're 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 a state team. They could beat anyone there. 
they were in the playoffs. They made it to the uh, the semifinals, and they they lost uh, a tough one. But it's going like you might be the eighth in the regular season, eh, but if you get into the playoffs at the right time and you have the right type of squad and the the right mentality, you can uh, you can go pretty far. And McMaster's done a lot better the last two three years. Toronto's been a mainstay, like you said. I mean, Guelph was unbelievable. Laurier's been a, a powerhouse. And we always know, like, Brock and Western have, like, they're more of those, like, two legacy teams that have just, uh, they're always giving teams nightmares. And, that, and like, like you said, like, Waterloo, like, all of a sudden they're, like, a, like a really, really, really legit program. Like, have 25 to 30 guys doing indoor um, training all year round, running camps, have that new facility. So it's, it's great to see. And um, it's only trending, it's, it's trending upward. And um, I think to all the high school kids out there that are, kind of teetering around going to the States or, or staying in Canada. Like I'm never going to tell you to like, go one way or the other, but just know if you do choose Ontario or university or college, like you're getting good ball and great schooling. And then, yeah, it's a fall season, but it's a, uh, it's a fun six to eight um, week season. You're 35 ball games. And um, yeah, it's, it's crazy, right? It's like, it's the quickest six weeks of, of the entire year. Right. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I mean, you've really got to, again, um, just put it in perspective, obviously myself and uh, Ailes being former OUA athletes, uh, that, that six to eight weeks is a blur because not only are you getting into the first kind of round of your classes and kind of settling into those, um, you're kind of hitting the OUA playoffs right around exam time, right before you would get your midterms and that sort of thing. And a lot of your major papers are due. So Again, a student athlete is the key in, in it all. It's being being on top of that stuff and being ahead of the game in the classroom. And then that'll assist you in being on top of your game on the field because you're not going to have to worry about what's going on if you've got to get that paper done and that sort of thing. A lot of studying on those road trips, studying on the bus trips up to Queens, um, those early morning rides and those late nights back and forth. So um, definitely it's, it's a grind, but you know what? It's rewarding at the end of the day because you're going – you're going to battle with about 25 to 30 of those guys and uh, you, you're, you're all on the same path. It doesn't matter what you're studying in school. You're all there because you want to play a high quality, high level of baseball as well. Get a great quality education from whatever university you choose to go to or college. So yeah. I can't, I can't say enough about it, but then again, we're both biased. We played in it. Uh, yeah. So uh, this kind of transitions into kind of the next part of this, but, uh, you talk about just being ready in the mindset and you as a pitcher. Now, this is what I wanted to get into. Um, so, again, you're a sidearm guy. Uh, kind, kind of walk us through how you went, how you transitioned. Like, were you always a sidearm guy or did were you a guy who was injury and then had to find a new arm slot because of an injury? Yeah. So I um, growing up, I always had a pretty good arm, shortstop, pitcher, um, through right over the top, like right over the top. Um, I was throwing pretty hard and uh, yeah, I was about 15, 16. And I started getting some bad uh, shoulder issues. Started with uh, tendonitis and a uh, rotator cuff tore and tear. And I just, every time I pitch, it just hurt so much. I was losing velocity. I'm like, I almost had to reinvent myself. I'm like, what? And, but the thing is, I didn't know I was doing this, but I, when I came back kind of healthy, I started throwing like that three quarter, maybe like the Roy Halliday kind of arm slot. And um Every year, it kept growing, uh, going lower and lower, and then I got to Brock, and all of a sudden they're like, "Yo, you're a side armor." I'm like, "No way!" Like I remember writing my uh, my article with you guys, and I said I throw exactly like Roy Halliday, and then I saw a picture. I'm like, "Okay, I'm not throwing like him," but um, it was kind of funky, and I had to kind of reinvent myself. 
haven't had arm uh, issues uh, since. Knock on uh, knock on wood here, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it really had to change the way I uh, I threw. I don't overpower people, but I uh, learned a couple pitches throughout the uh, the years at Brock, and um, my mindset was always had to come to like, how do I outthink this uh, hitter, and how do I stay prepared? Um, I'm not the typical guy that is going to like absolutely tear up the weight room or anything or, or blow up the Raider gun. I don't think I've hit 80 in years, but um, I just think uh, over the last couple of years, I've, I've gained a pitch here and there. I always play around with grips and I'm always talking to players on my team and around the league. Like, I'm like, if I, I was pitching against you, what would really work? And like, if it's a lefty, um, they're telling me, Oh, throw that change up away or, or bust, uh, bust a fastball inside or uh a slider right down to my uh, back foot. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll take that to uh, the drawing board and then work on it in the off season and come back. So that's how I, uh, that's how I prepare for games and being a side armor. And I see, I see a lot of people becoming side arms now. Um, I think mine's a little more natural than others. Some of them look a little forced. Mine is kind of just my natural fling now. So I get that good movement and um, good control, but it's a way to kind of change up your game Scouts might not love it, but um, it works in certain leagues. So, yeah, that's what I kind of brought to the table now that I throw the sidearm the last 10 years now, 8 to 10, 12 years. Have you, just a quick ask on that, have you done any research uh, about sidearm, you know, since you kind of went through that process? I mean, there that debate is, I mean, that's that's as old as baseball, I think, you know, sidearm versus over the top. But I've, I've heard your story anecdotally multiple times about guys just moving down to that sidearm slot and, you know, so long as you're not leading with the elbow and things like that, and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're still, you're, you still have your elbow up when you're doing it properly. Yeah. It's like you're not hearing about those injuries. What have you kind of seen or heard over the years? Well, I um, one person that's been a big advocate for uh, for sidearm is the sidearm nation guy. He's been great. I read a lot of uh, his Q and A's with ex pros and current pros, and it's not as much like it's not more about your arm actually being down and, and slinging it across every time putting that strain. It's more tilting body because when I see myself in like a pitching motion and then I, 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 I see my arm slot, if I actually just turn my body up 90 or the normal way, I'm actually throwing a little more of that three quarter way, but I tilt my whole body down. So I, I get on top of the ball. So I'm able to get that sink and I find um, it helps me to not have that strain on the, uh, on my shoulder as well. Like I'm not really, uh, using my rotator cuff as much it's more using my my hips and my and my whip and my arm so what i've just learned is to um is to not do anything crazy with the arm move more of your body in a different way that your whole your whole body's facing um kind of you're kind of tilted over and then just just work on the grips and what feels right and if something starts to hurt you know the, it might not be for you or you might have to change it up again so that's what i've kind of gotten over the years for my uh my research yeah yeah definitely and i mean uh obviously with premier sports academy anytime that we actually train our guys it's it's on an individual basis we're not set on creating robots again not all of us can move the same way not all of us can throw the same way and again we're like like most um now in the baseball world we're focused on that uniqueness that we get so again we'll, we'll get kids thrown from a lot of different arm angles um but just talk to talk to us about again, like you, you've always been one. Again, you're not you're, like you said before. You're not a weight room guy. Um, you're not like 
a heavy, heavy duty kind of like I, I've seen your warm up. You're not you're not particularly a long toss guy. Yeah. So walk us through just like again your mentality. So again, starting a game, um, you're you're the type that can walk out there and start a game. I've seen you. Yeah, you get locked in, but it's in a really different way than I've ever seen before. So yeah, if I know I'm starting a ball game, the first thing I'll do, and I'm I, I'm bad with this, but I'll go on their team uh, website and look up their stats right away. I, I that's the first <laughs> thing I do, and I have a pretty good photogenic memory. Anytime I face a team, I remember everything about the hitter, and sometimes it, it it's to my own fault. I'll uh, I won't pitch my strength in time. I'll pitch more of their weaknesses. So I improve that. But it's, I, I do a lot of homework. I'm always talking to uh, our catchers as well that are pretty knowledgeable. But um, yeah, it's uh, for me, it's just that mindset after I know um, I'm picturing already what to do on the mound before the game even begins. Like I, I can picture how my first inning is going to go. And I, and I just, in my mind, I'm like, I'm not going to give up a hit or I'm not going to give up a run. And that, that mindset really uh, transitions to the ball game. Yeah. My warmups are kind of weird. I, I, I get what I need to get done. I don't long talk too much just because I can't, I can't <laughs> player. Um, but yeah, I'm just, once again, like teeter, uh, t- tweaking the, the grips, uh, just making sure I'm loose, ready to go. And um, if you've seen me, I, I, I don't want really anyone uh, talking to me at certain times. I might get a little chirpy out there, but it's just because I, I just want to win and, and, and be successful and the team to be successful. So, but my, my game plan now has changed. Like I throw a lot more inside against pitchers. I know I don't, don't have that speed anymore. And I, and I know uh, as I get older, my speed's going to go down, but the movement might increase. Um, the hitters get a little younger. So I find I could take advantage of that. Um, in OUA ball, I just remember I, I just kind of picture getting guys out. Like I still am always top five, ten in strikeouts in the league just because I just think I throw pitches in the right spot. So, yeah, that's my mindset is just um, a lot of studying, um, a lot of mental prep, not too much on the physical side, more of the mental. And um, you probably don't see that as much anymore. It's more people trying to, like, blow out the, uh, the radar gun. But uh, it works. If you want to get drafted, of course, that's going to – help but i'm just trying to be successful in my men's league and that's what i'm kind of bringing to the table these days definitely and how important is that like again longevity we talk about that all the time and you were a guy um again when it comes to memory when when we talk about justin ailes as a pitcher again congratulations brock brock baseball hall of famer this year by the way as well so congratulations on that but again there's a reason you were there um i remember that we could trot you out on friday uh, during OUA playoffs, and you were starting game one because you were the guy that could bounce back on Sunday for that championship game, and we knew that we had you in the bag. So, again, like, what what was your feeling after game? Like, what did you feel? What did you have any soreness? Did you have did you do anything post post game that would help you get ready for Sunday? Yeah. So once again, I'm not the best for the the youth coming up when it comes to like. I never really iced my arm. Um, I felt great after the ball game. Uh, I could go another 100 pitches if I wanted to, but um, it's that first uh, 24 hours of rest. I, I get pretty sore in the morning. I'll, I'll I'll take a couple ibuprofen or whatever it takes, just get loose. But I just knew uh, it was more like I feel like I have a little bit of like a bulldog mentality out there where I just know my team needed me. And um, I know when I come back that second time, I'm even more mentally prepared than the first time, even though my stuff isn't going to be as sharp, but just enough to get by. And it's tough to relay that message to the youth. That I know like arm care is important. I know you guys pride yourself at, uh, at, at your facility at, at um, P, uh, 
PSA and um, but I just it's just something where I was able to give that extra amount I wanted to because I just know the team needed me at times and um, yeah just really dial in and just have that mindset I just want to go out there and pitch some more and give it everything I have yeah definitely I, I think on that side of things too I uh, again, I, I agree. Like there, there is, again, there's a lot more information out there now on arm care than we had about five or six years ago. And continually, there's always new information out there about how to take care of your arm, what's good for you, what's not so good for you. But again, that, that varies. Um, and even on the icing side of things, I myself have kind of gotten away from that after doing a lot of research. So again, uh, it, personally, again, it's about being unique. And that's why I think your story is great because again, you were a guy who went out there every single game and you were successful no matter, no matter who you were facing and you, you knew what was on, you knew what wasn't working. I think the biggest thing for me as well was your ability to call a game with a catcher. Again, not always on the same page with every catcher you had, no. but you knew what you wanted to throw and kind of having that plan. Again, hitters have a plan when they go to the plate, we call it approach, but speak to kind of your approach as a pitcher because that was something, again, knowing what to throw in certain counts against certain hitters. Um, with your stuff, obviously, your pitch mix was amazing because you had that uh, that sweeping frisbee slider as well as that uh, that really hard biting fastball that would sink into a righty. Um, just kind of explain that that approach and how you would approach a batter. Yeah, um, once again, it, it goes to uh, being in the, like certain leagues for a while, remembering what these hitters are all about and kind of going to my strengths. Uh, um, yeah, at times I wouldn't agree with the, the catcher, but I, I've gotten better. I kind of get on the same page of a catcher who uh, me pretty well, like 95% I, I, I would uh, go with them, 5% I would shake off. It's usually the pitches I just don't have going at the moment. Like if I didn't have my changeup, I wasn't throwing it three, four times an inning, I might uh, use it once against a lefty. But yeah, just my mindset up there was once again, like I got to get that first pitch uh, strike. If it's not a, a fastball or if it's a slider, I just know that three out of my four pitches I had to have on that day or I'm going to be in trouble. So I always made sure I had my fastball good, my frisbee slider, and either my cutter or my changeup, and anyone I could throw at any time. Like I was not afraid to throw four straight uh, three and two sliders that they foul off because I wasn't, I knew I was going to throw it as a strike. And I, I think a lot of pitchers um, are a little predictable these days where if they're down in the count, they're going to throw a fastball or if they don't have a certain pitch, they're um, they're going to go with their main one. Like you can experiment out there. And, and I just think um, I just, my approach every single time I, I wasn't very predictable. And I think that works. Days. And I think the pros are good at that. And a lot of successful pitchers in our leagues are pretty good at just uh, just mixing it up every every at bat. And not, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's my mindset up there is just being predictable, making sure I throw a pitch strike, and making sure three out of my four pitchers I could throw in any uh, count at any time. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, again, that's that's a great point, and you hit a, hit a lot of great points in that. Uh, just just the fact that, again, having that mentality, having that confidence in your pitches, and I think that's a big thing that sometimes gets lost with our uh, – uh, when we talk to our younger pitchers, it's it's having that confidence to throw a 3-2 changeup or that confidence to throw the breaking ball in a count where um, maybe the fastball is most predictable. But um, you you had that confidence, and I think that's that's an invaluable trait that I think we can all adopt that will make us better down the line, especially our younger guys who 
come in and again, they get a little pattern with it where it's kind of fastball, fastball, and then go to the breaking ball. Um, but again, you were always one to keep guys on their toes and, uh, definitely mix it up. Um, but that kind of leads me into, uh, you talked about it earlier. Um, you talked about, again, you're, you're playing now and it's sort of like, you're just playing to play the game and love the game. But like, again, we never really talk about uh, what we get to do after the game and kind of our thought process behind what we're going to do once baseball stops for us, because at the end of the day, we're not all going to make money playing this game and yeah. we're not all going to be immersed in baseball. So, uh, I know that uh, recently you've kind of started getting off the ground your uh, Canadian baseball guru connect. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about that? And this is more so for our athletes that, again, are kind of at the university level or going to university and they love the game. But again, you've got to have a plan outside of that. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, so this is pretty much my most important message now. Now that I've kind of gained a little bit of a following, um, like you remember me at Brock, I wasn't the greatest student. I, I did all the classes, but I, I quickly uh, learned in my fourth, fifth year that like you got to start thinking about the uh, the next 30, 40 years of your life and what you want to do. So my advice to the uh, either the high school students or the university college kids or guys that are Right out of uh, right out of school now, maybe looking for their first job or still trying to make it in the baseball world. Just be a little prepared. Like you just have to uh, volunteer whenever you can. Get the odd uh, side job here and there. Maybe start a little like side hustle of your own to put on your resume. It's just things to fill up your resume and say, like I didn't I didn't spend ninety five to hundred percent of my time focusing on baseball. There's there is more to that in life. Uh, it took me a while, like uh, after school. I got into uh, like business to business sales. I know none in sales for, for a while before this. Like I've been in for the last five years. Uh, an athlete, it was a natural transition for me, just uh, being my competitive self, wanting to uh, wanting to win, wanting to to make money, like wanting that it's allowed me. So I'm just thinking for these uh, these players playing now is just to have a little bit of a game plan post baseball. And the best time is to start now. Um, I recommend everyone making a simple LinkedIn page. That's something, a tool I use and start um, talking to people that fields you might want to join in. People don't mind game uh, with you, especially uh, job recruiters. So that's something that uh, with CBG Athlete Connections, I've kind of, um, I've kind of been doing some independent recruiting on the side. So what I'm trying to do is communicate with uh, business leaders, um, sales managers, uh, HR people, and anyone that I know through the baseball world that's in like a pretty high position or at a company, I'm trying to communicate with them is like, hey, I have a thousand to 2000 um, ready to go university college graduates, either coming from the States or stating that like they want into the real world here and uh, give me an opportunity to um, send some of these, uh, these athletes to you because I know that they'll see um, not only in the class uh, classroom on the ball field, but in the work in the workplace. And I think, uh, like for me, it's it's sales positions that I try to hire for um, because I, I see this transition. So in the last couple months, I've been uh, helping place uh, players. I I placed um, a great state player at a Humber College. Uh, Brendan Lyons' his name is so he's working at a Fortune uh, Fortune three hundred company right now called ADP take care of all the payroll companies uh, a lot of the major payroll companies around uh, Canada and he's been uh, thriving there like he's been um, hitting his quotas uh, making it to like certain presidents clubs um, and it's just 
and I don't mind if I'm the one that places you uh, at all. Like just just uh, reach out to someone you know that might be in uh, at a certain job and just ask, what do I need to, to get in here? What should I be uh, trying to do? So yeah, that, that's my advice is just start talking to outside recruiters, um, building your um, not build, building your uh, your network up and uh, reach out if you ever need any um, any advice or questions. I always have, I'm always talking to like five, 10 uh, OUA, OCW players a day, like just random conversations that I have ongoing. So I don't mind adding uh, more people to that and I see if we can help you guys out. Yeah, yeah, I just want to follow up and ask you one, qu- yeah. like two questions on that. One is obviously when you're reaching out to some of these businesses, what type of feedback are you getting from, from um, the businesses themselves? So I've started a few of mine more on the warmer side where I'm talking to baseball players I know that are able to kind of lead me into the decision makers. But I, I, I try to stay honest with them. And if I'm reaching, if I'm cold calling out to um, a business or the right contact, I'm, I'm being very upfront and saying, hey, like, this is my story. I'm a, I'm a former um, university ball player, uh, played at a high level that have been in sales for five plus years now. I am looking to help your company out by being an independent recruiter and, and placing some of our, my uh, talented uh, prospects into your company. And then a lot of times uh, they're willing to talk. Like it's been, it's been tough to get over that hump and stuff, but I've been able to get people in for interviews. Um, ex-professional ball players have had interviewed. I've had uh, division one players and, and most recently OUA and the college side of things. Um, so I'm just being honest with them. I'm telling my story, and that's something I want to preach to um, any ball player: is that um, trying to get into the workplace. They want to hear your your failures as well. So one thing I try to talk about is like, it took me a while to get my first job. It, it um, I had arm injuries growing up, and I had to overcome some of these obstacles. And and I think lawyers love to hear that story, that honest story about you. You might not have all the experiences in the world. But they they want to hear your athletic experience and how you overcame like those tough times. You might have been cut one year or you had an injury, and that that helps just opening up the door and being honest with them. No, awesome, and I think that's the transition that a lot of kids, you know, when they get into sports when they're young, they don't necessarily understand. But the leadership and the team working skills that translate from sport into the workplace, I think, is probably. I would say it's one of the most important things that that probably comes out of sport. You know, the opportunities is one thing, you know, to travel and play competitive sports is great. But I mean, I I talk about this all the time. I think some of the best qualities, even about myself, is, you know, what I learned on the baseball field, not necessarily in any classroom or working for any business. It's it's what I've learned through failures and adversity and success and those opportunities created by sport. Yeah, you're always uh, in a team environment. You uh, you had to be sometimes the leader on the on the team. You had to uh, yeah get over that adversity like we talked about. And I, I think they, they translate so well over to the um, the working world. And if it's not in like a position or but it, um, or a recruiting position, it's going to be at many other uh, positions. You just got to talk to the right people, tell your story, and more doors will uh, will start to open. That's what I try to preach on uh, CBG Athlete Connection. Awesome. Definitely. So, yeah, no, no, no. Great points there, too. And Ryan, you hit it on the head there with the question that I was going to ask. But again, guys, um, like for our athletes uh, that are watching this and our athletes that will watch this after the fact, I think uh, what Justin is doing, I think we need to reiterate. So Canadian Baseball Guru, the accounts, uh, CBG Connect, um, all of this is unpaid. This is something that you're doing, Ailes, you're doing this. 
on your free time, your spare time, whenever you get a chance, you're getting on there, you're updating your accounts, you're providing these opportunities. And it's not like you're making a salary. It's not like somebody is paying you to do this. So that's what I want to reiterate because a lot of people may take this and think, oh, well, obviously it's a company that he started. But again, I think one of the most astounding things about what you've been doing is the fact that you're doing this almost like, again, there's there's no nobody giving you money for this. There's nobody out there compensating you. You're truly doing this for your passion and love of the game and your passion and love for these athletes to try and put them in the right position to succeed in the future. So I want to commend you for that. And kind of, uh, I really wanted to highlight that as well as a fact. No, this is not, yeah, I, I do have a, like a nine to five job. It's just, uh, I just find this so much fun just talking to people every day, and, um, having some fun with it. Not always a uh, serious blog, as you, you've seen before, which is important. And um, I've created a good network from here that I, I have used in my, uh, my professional career as well. That's a, I, I enjoy that part of it as well, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm not making anything from this. I just wanna just wanna help the ball players out, and I'm and I, I know I've been big in Ontario over the last couple of years, but I really wanna grow coast to coast, and that's why I changed my name to Baseball Guru because I do. It's gonna take some time, but talking to you guys uh, out in Newfoundland, like I hope I'm able to reach people. I've already started to, um, I mean, talk to guys from Quebec and and B Alberta. Um, I'm an East Coaster myself, so I I can that connect so uh yeah it's just it's just for the love of the game that's what we all do this right uh neat thing like if you're not getting paid for it, if you are it's it's really for the base and um, yeah that's I just, I just like doing it <laughs> definitely so yeah i won't keep you too much longer um we'll kind of wrap it up there but again i really want to uh if you want just plug plug canadian baseball guru if you want to give us your uh your twitter handle your instagram handle where people where can people find you yeah, so just uh, Twitter, Instagram, um, it's Canadian Ball Guru, and the, it's at Guru CBG. Um, yeah, those are the I've, I've really tried to um, improve. I also have a website, Canadian Baseball Guru, uh, dot .ca. Um, as, it hasn't been as active. I'm trying to get it. Um, lots of big future for there. And then, yeah, you can look up the athlete connections as well. Um, but once again, if you follow the guru account, you're going to see it all, um, lots of stuff coming this summer, not only for Ontario, not only for universities, but just for amateur player playing in Canada or even in the States, uh, just created a community for everyone to come together and to uh, have some fun with this. It doesn't have to be serious all the time. I know everyone's really serious with, um, with their off season training, their, their in season training. This is kind of a, an account to kind of, uh, relax have some laughs, um, meet new people on there and, and hopefully maybe even uh, find a, find a career after this. So that's, that's, uh, that's how you can find me. And um, it was awesome having, uh, letting me come on today and I hope I reached a few of your uh, followers and to share my story a bit. Yeah, definitely. No, really appreciate it for uh, you coming on again, second guest. Um, and uh, again, guys, if you want to follow uh, Justin and, uh, the guru accounts it's at guru cbg on twitter and instagram uh so head there he's got a lot of great content a lot of great tweets he puts up a lot of great polls um just keeps people engaged about the game so um if you're looking to stay connected and what's going on across the country i can't recommend guru enough so again justin thanks again for coming on from us uh ryan any last words for justin 
No, just congrats. I know you got a nod from the Canadian Baseball Network recently and, you know, things like that. So congrats on everything you're doing and what you continue to do. We, we appreciate it as well. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work there. And uh, we'll stay in touch. Hopefully have me on again in the near future. Yeah, definitely. We'd love to have you on. Like I said, we could probably go another two or three hours just uh, kind of with banter. Obviously, yeah. we've done that before. But yeah. Um, yeah, thanks again for all that watched. Uh, for you, those of you who are watching, and uh, we'll see this after we uh, cut off the live feed and go back and watch this. Um, our next episode will come tomorrow, and we'll be announcing that guest very shortly. So thanks again, guys. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Ryan. And we'll catch you guys next time. See you guys. Yeah. See, see you guys.